Welcome back to the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, and on this episode, we are talking about common summer garden troubles. Now, the summer garden does grow itself, but there's a few things you need to know. We're going to talk about those today. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 25. And today we're going to talk about common summer gardening troubles. I know I told you last week that the summer garden practically grows itself, and it does. But there are a few things that you need to know about gardening in the summer in the South. It's hot, it's humid, and the pest can be a little bit of a problem. We're going to talk about all of those things today, and I'm going to help you get a handle on your summer garden so that you can grow more than you ever thought possible. I'm so glad that you are back with me today. We're going to dig right in, and we're going to start talking about the three things that everybody hates about a summer garden. These three things are the reason that people decide to just wave the white flag on their garden in about mid-June and don't go back out there again until the following spring. The things I'm going to tell you about today are legit. They're real. They do happen. But we do have ways to deal with them. We're going to talk about those in a little bit, and I'm also going to share with you ways that you can learn more. But the thing that I want you to remember is that while you're going to hear a lot of people tell you you shouldn't garden in the summer, I want you to remember why you should. Remember, the summer garden sets your garden up for fall, which sets your garden up for spring. Leaving a garden unattended is the worst thing you can do for your garden. It's the worst thing you can do for your future crops. It's the worst thing you can do for your satisfaction, and how much you love where you're growing. So I want you to keep that in mind. And if you haven't listened already, go back and listen to episode 24, where we talk about the summer garden. And we help you answer the question, is a summer garden right for you? In some instances, it may not be. But if it is, I really want to just encourage you to consider it. It's my favorite season of the entire gardening year. But again, it's not without its troubles. So let's talk about those three things. Pest, disease, and temperature. These are the three reasons most people will tell you that they don't garden in the summer. But don't worry, I have an answer for all three. Let's start with pest. So if you're gardening in the South, the pests that come to your mind in the summer garden are going to be hornworms, stink bugs, and squash vine borers, right? I know those are the ones that I deal with and the ones that the gardeners inside of the Wild Child Garden Club that I coach deal with. But we're not going to let a hornworm stop us from gardening in the summer, are we? We're just not. In the Wild Child Gardening Method, we get a handle on these pests by preventing them. If you haven't listened to episode one when I explained the wild child gardening method, go back and take a listen to that. It explains how we use companion planting and different organic methods to keep pests at bay. Now the thing about it is 
pests are smarter than we think, and they start to become immune to our games, right? They get on to us. So what we do is start over. And this may sound a little counterintuitive, but I'm telling you, it's the way to abundant summer harvest. If you have tomatoes that are getting taken to the cleaners by the summer heat and the pests are everywhere, so they're not being able to ripen fully, or when they do ripen, they have no taste because the stink bugs are so bad, you don't want to just hang around and fight the bugs. That's not the way to do this. The way to do this is start again. Plant new transplants. That is going to break the life cycle of all three of these pests. And when you start bearing fruit on your new plants, these guys will be long gone. That is a wild child summer garden. If you do not have squash flowers blooming in your garden, squash vine borers will not lay their eggs in your garden. That means that if you can break this cycle and get them off track, they will go lay their eggs somewhere else, which is exactly what we want them to do. And by the time your new plants are flowering, they'll be long gone. This is the way that we get ahead of the pest in the summer garden, and it works like a charm. Now, of course, you're not going to be able to get rid of everything all the time. So what we do is we plant plants that are typically unaffected by these pests in the late summer. So if you've got squash and zucchini, there are plenty of borer-resistant varieties like rompicante, trombancino. Those are all varieties of squash that are not affected by squash vine borers. Same thing with your hornworms. Hornworms typically hang out on slicers. If you plant a bunch of cherries, then you won't have a bunch of hornworms. Do you see where I'm going with this? We have to be smarter than the bugs, and sometimes that's not as easy as it seems. Now let's talk about diseases. Diseases in the summer garden are going to stem from the same thing. Hot, humid, wet, right? You just really can't get away from this. So the problem becomes it's so hot outside that we have to water. So we're watering a lot. And because it's so hot, that watering lends itself to lots of humidity, which then creates mildew, fungus, and blight. Now, these are a little bit more difficult to deal with than the pests are, but we can still do it the same way and then add a few more tricks on the back end. So first and foremost, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to start over. We call this the do-over season in the Wild Child Garden Club, and it is our favorite because if you've had cucumbers that didn't really do what you wanted them to do, or you didn't plant that variety of tomato that everyone else planted that you've been watching them harvest this whole spring season, now's your big opportunity. So this do-over season is super beneficial, but you have to do it right. So when you start over with plants that are susceptible to mildew and fungal viruses and even some blight, you want to make sure you're, again, choosing varieties that 
are resistant. This is so important. This is not the time that you really are going to want to venture out on these exotic cucumbers or these very rare tomatoes. They will never make it. What you want to do instead is you want to choose varieties that are resistant against mildew, fungus, and disease. This is going to help you so much. Another thing that you can do that really helps is choose varieties that do not require pollination. This will allow you to plant these plants a little bit later than the other things you're starting over with. And that's going to be so beneficial for you because as the weather begins to transition to fall and the days get shorter, the pollinators tend to start slowing down. Well, if your plants don't need pollination, guess what? They're going to keep producing for you. And as that weather cools down, the humidity lowers, you're watering less, and you get what we call this second spring. It's actually pretty amazing. One great example of this is a couple of years ago inside of the Wild Child Garden Club, we found this great variety of cucumber. And we were so excited about this variety because it didn't require pollination. So a cucumber can be male and female flowers, only female flowers, and flowers that contain both male and female parts inside of the same flower. So those do not require pollination to set fruit. So we were so excited about this particular variety. I think it was the muncher cucumber, and we planted them in the spring, and they did great until it got hot. And then they succumbed to mildew, and we fought them and fought them. Well, for the do-over season, we waited a little bit and planted them again. And they did so well because once it cooled off, those big giant cucumber leaves didn't get all of that mildew that they were going to get in the summer because we weren't watering near as much. It wasn't nearly as humid. And because they didn't require pollinator, it was perfect because we didn't really have any. We let them grow all the way almost to frost before they started slowing down. This is the beauty of working with your seasons using the right plants at the right time. Never again will I plant a cucumber that doesn't need a pollinator in the spring when the pollinators are everywhere. Save that cucumber and plant those open pollinated varieties in the spring and summer that may be a little more resistant to mildew. Then come back in the late summer do-over season and plant those varieties that don't need pollinators, but may be a little more susceptible to mildew and fungus. Are you loving the idea that you can keep your summer garden growing and really and truly enjoy it and love it even though everyone else is waving the right flag? If you are, you will love my brand new Summer Gardening Masterclass. This class is completely free and I will walk you step by step to the backyard summer garden of your dreams. Grab this class for free at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash summer. Okay, we've talked about pests. We've talked about disease. Hopefully you're starting to see a little bit of how the wild child summer garden works. We want a garden that works with us in the summer instead of against us. And I think that's why so many people 
actually wave the white flag. It just gets to be too hot. There needs to be too much tending. You've got too many pests. There's too much disease. I understand. But what if that didn't have to be the case? Maybe you're thinking that you vacation too much to have a summer garden. Maybe you're thinking that you really, by the end of June, have had enough tomatoes. You've had enough cucumbers. You don't want to start your eggplant over again. You've had your fill and you'd rather just wave the white flag and walk away. Don't do that. And the reason is, is because walking away from your garden is the worst thing you can do for future seasons. When we leave our soil bare, we actually tell the microbes, hey, there's nothing left for you here. Go find somewhere else to live. Then when it gets to be fall and we really want them to come back so that we can grow our cabbage and our broccoli, it's too cool outside and they don't move as fast. So we can't really get the action that we're looking for. In fact, leaving a garden unattended and bare is the worst thing you can do. Instead, grow something that loves the heat. Grow something that doesn't require very much from you at all. Did you know that summer is the perfect time to grow things like sweet potatoes, field peas, purple hull peas, red beans, black beans, lima beans, okra, peanuts? Yeah, all of those things are truly, set it and forget it, garden vegetables. You plant them, they take over, and they grow themselves with generally no pest pressure whatsoever, very little watering requirements, and more than anything, they produce like crazy. So if you devote your summer garden to some of these things, you will harvest so much You will keep your soil in tip-top shape, and you will set your future gardens up for success. This is the way we grow inside of the Wild Child Garden Club, and it's what I teach inside the Wild Child Kitchen Garden Academy. I would love for you to join me for my Summer Gardening Masterclass. This class is totally free. You can download it anytime. It's on demand. And I'm going to walk you through these steps. I'm going to show you what to do if you decide that you want to switch over and you you want a summer garden, but you don't want more tomatoes. I'm going to show you exactly how to do that. I'm also going to show you how to grow more tomatoes, how to grow more cucumbers, squash and zucchini, peppers and eggplant and beans. We love growing bush beans inside the Wild Child Garden Club. These are some tricks that if you really want a summer garden that thrives, you need to understand. I'm going to show you exactly how to do it inside of my Summer Gardening Masterclass. And remember, we're creating a garden that works with us in the summer, not against us. You can get all the details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash summer. Okay, let's wrap this up with the biggest reason that most people don't garden in the summer in the South. As much as we want to say, oh, the pests are too bad, or as much as we try to blame it on the fact that we might see some powdery mildew, let's get real here. It's hot, right? And a lot of times plants don't do well in the heat. Now, I've given you some examples of some ideas of plants that do great in the heat and that will not flinch at 100 degrees. But maybe you're thinking that you really want to grow tomatoes or cucumbers, peppers, eggplant, and you've never had luck with them in the late summer. Remember, 
it's all about starting over. It's all about a do-over. It's about taking out what is spent, putting in something new. And I want to be very clear here. The choices you make about what you're starting over with are going to be the game changers of your summer garden. You need to be looking for plants that are heat tolerant, plants that will set fruit even though it's 100 degrees outside. You need to be looking for those pest and disease resistant varieties. I'm going to walk through every one of these with you inside of the Summer Gardening Masterclass and this is what we do every day in the Wild Child Garden Club. I would encourage you to really do your research. That's going to be the most important thing that you can do for your summer garden. And we've already started doing that inside of the Garden Club. And we talked about it last week on the podcast. If you haven't gone back and listened to episode 24, do that right now so that you can download the goal planning sheet. You need to work through this, figure out what you want to get out of your summer garden so that then you can choose what needs to go into your summer garden to make those goals a reality. The varieties you choose are going to be everything. Again, grab my summer gardening masterclass because I'm going to tell you what varieties you want. That's going to be so important, but I never do anything inside of the wild child gardening method without giving you the why. So I'm going to do that as well. I want you to know why we're choosing these varieties. I want you to know why we're not just going to the nursery and getting heat tolerant tomatoes. I want you to understand the why behind what we're growing and when we're growing it. I'm going to teach you all of that inside of this masterclass. You can get all the details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash summer. so much for joining me here on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I love getting to meet you here every week and I cannot wait to see you inside my Summer Gardening Masterclass. I hope that today you've been inspired to get out there and keep growing even though you're going to watch everybody else walk away from their gardens. What a missed opportunity. Let's get excited about gardening in the summer and until I see you again, keep growing. <laughs>